0: Welcome to a midsummer post Wimbledon pre British Open edition of Advantage Connors. Here, as always, your host, Brett Connors with Jimmy Connors. What's going on?
1: Well, I've had a very exciting, very fun, very great week. I was in Martha's Vineyard. I, I think I told you that before and mm-hmm. hung out with some old pals and really got away and, and relaxed, Brett. And staying with a friend whose home overlooked the harbor and the views were spectacular. You know, I, I left my uh, my curtains open so I'd see the sunrise and every evening we'd take a little boat cruise, uh, you know, around the harbor and and sit and have some hors d'oeuvres and a drink and then go out and have a great dinner. And, and it was really fun, you know, no pressure and uh, just, uh, you know, got a little golf in. Not not as much as uh, uh, as I thought, because I'm not going to say this, but I shipped them by ship sticks and they came five days late. <laughs> don't say that <laughs>
0: so. yeah they are not a sponsor of the show as you know um <laughs> five days late huh jesus
1: But anyway i got them and we're able to uh to get uh one day of golf in but our host mr burke ross uh, is a friend and uh, friend of the show spencer segura and his son spencer jr were there and nice. uh, uh, our friend all of our friends bob durkin from down in palm beach and it was just a fun uh fun weekend with no pressure and and then coming home, uh you know, getting on the plane, I was so worn out, I slept the whole way. So <laughs> Perfect. Well, happy to get away, but I'm also happy to be home.
0: Nice. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. it's it's good to have you back. It's uh also th- those are fun, you know, planning little trips or getaways or re- some sort of thing to look forward to, I think is important in life, you know. And then and then when you get away, then it's also fun to look forward to coming home. So it's like a it's like a double win.
1: Well, you're you're uh, you've been the best at that. Uh, you know, and, and and I I've always told you. I mean, you You've traveled since you've been, you know, three weeks old, but I could never do what you do. You hop on a plane and go to Iceland by yourself for a week or you go to Norway or you go, you know, drive to, you know, to the Utah, Utah or yeah. wherever. You know, for me, I, I could never do that. Uh, I, I would go find a hotel room and kind of, you know, bivouac <laughs> in and be happy to just stay there. But, you know, you send such great pictures and, you, you know, you let us know day by day what you're doing and what you've seen and and uh you've gone to such great places I I told your mom we might have to
0: tag along sometime find in a place like that to go
1: with you next time <laughs> I mean it just looked like such fun so yeah. you know keep us in mind don't let us get too old before we go
0: Well I Every year, I try and talk you into a uh, Ireland Scotland trip for some golf, uh, back to the motherland, uh, since we're uh, some, for Irish heritage. But I, I, I can I can uh, hold up in, in a good hotel room with the air conditioning on myself.
1: <laughs> I know you can. Yes, you can. <laughs> Just because I like yeah.
0: traveling doesn't mean I'm not hanging out in some hotel rooms and 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 <laughs> and, and and resting up some days. But uh, yeah, it's fun. Uh, I love doing it. And uh, maybe maybe next summer we'll go to try and get a. That's an excuse. We'll get you to Wimbledon. Maybe for a couple of days, and then we'll uh, we'll head across the water there to Scotland or Ireland, and and play a week or ten days of golf, and, and try and set something up.
1: Don't push it too fo- too far to get me to Wimbledon. <laughs> <laughs> let, let, let's stop in Ireland and Scotland first, and all see right. how that goes. All
0: right, all right. Let's, baby steps yeah, here. Baby steps.
1: Baby steps. Yeah. <laughs> so if, uh, you've been busy. You you've been back, and you know you jumped right into the second week of, of Wimbledon. What what a week that was, right?
0: Yeah. I came back uh, uh, in the middle of uh, two weeks in a row. I did Wimbledon last week uh that was pretty fun to say the least the uh men's final was very fun we can get into that what do you want to talk the men or the women first uh i know you were following the second week a lot more than the first uh once the matches got a lot better what 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 do you think what do you want to go
1: well let's take the women okay and talk about them and i keep going back to you i guess it was what two or three years ago where you know, I'm not going to say you jumped on the uh, the jabor bandwagon, but you have picked her for you know for a while to really start breaking through and making a name for herself, and she sure has done that. You know, I think she's been in three finals in the, uh out of the last five or six uh, Grand Slams, mm-hmm. if I'm not mistaken, and yep. and uh, you know playing some good tennis, but but she stalls. Yeah, seems that she stalls when she gets to the final, and you know she plays the kind of tennis necessary to get there, but. I, I was talking to, you know, our friend of the show, uh, Spencer Segura, about it. And it says that when when you get to a point like that, that uh, you you stall, you, sometimes, you know, you feel like maybe the moment at the time is a bit too big. Mm-hmm. You know, where you think, you know, this is your this is your chance. I've got to take it now. And if I don't take it now, you start. And then all of a sudden the pressure starts building and you put maybe too much pressure on yourself you know, to come through and win that first one. Mm -hmm. But in saying that, you know, she still started off in the final uh, three, one up in the first set.
0: No, no. Second set. She went down in the first, she lost that first set. And then, uh, and then she went up the break in the second set.
1: In the second, right. Yeah. Yeah. You know, still, I mean, she, she still was, you know, even struggling and making errors and so forth. She still had an opportunity to kind of get into it, but, you know, listen, uh, here's the way I look at that. It was a great win for her opponent.
0: Yeah, Vondrasova.
1: Yes. And uh, unseated.
0: But you're right, though. She, I mean, won- she broke right away. She went up two, love. You're right. And then, you know, 4-2. You're right. She went up a break in both sets. I mean, uh, Vondrasova played great. She started serving a little bit better. Um, the, the weird part was like you, you, you give away a set, women come back on the WTA from a set, you know, all the time. Jabor did it in two of her previous three matches, I think, against right. uh, you know, Rabakina and uh, Sabi. It was just weird in the second set when she went up 3 1, and then I think again 4 2. You know, almost like her body language looked like she was down 4 2. Yes. I
1: was out, uh, you you bring up a good point, I was going to mention that myself. It almost looked you know her shoulders slumped and her head was down and you know uh, listen nobody makes every shot or every point and and you can't let one shot affect you for two and three and four shots down or, two, or four points down you know down the road you got to you know be able to throw that away mm-hmm. and forget about that and, and and get back down to business and you know I, I look at guys who were great at that uh, Borg was great at that you didn't know what he was thinking. He'd he'd make a an unbelievable shot, or he'd he'd dump one in the net for no reason. And his expression, his body language, it would never change. You know, whereas you know Nastasi or me or you know would would uh, something happen like that? You know, shit, <laughs> we're ready to tear down the stadium. Yeah, you got to be able to forget that and push on and move because you know matches aren't won and lost on one point, but it does change the direction right. of a match and, 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 you know, the, the confidence or are, are the, are, are, are let down or whatever. So, yeah, it's an important part of, of getting through and in, in winning major titles. And, but I want to say this, congratulations to the winner, but I'm still on Jabor's bandwagon. I think she's going to break through and uh, do some damage. She's already, she already does damage. Look who she beat to get to the finals. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, like I said before, I'm rooting for her. There's some people that just grab you.
0: I mean, she's funny. She has a great personality. She's she's easy, easy to root for. But you're right. Her body language, the first wasn't so bad, but early in that second, you could see it. And she kept looking to her box and like kind of almost shaking her head. You know, like almost like, I don't know, like uh, the, toxic, the tactics we've, we've talked about aren't working, but it's like, hey, you're, you've been up a break in both sets. So like you're not that far off, you know, and Vondrasova just kind of hung in there and kept doing what she's been doing, you know, not giving up, not, lead, not having the negative body language, you know. Right. Kind of a weird thing. What, do you, what Did you see this about Jabor? She showed up the morning of the final uh, to warm up to practice and she was wearing all black. And everyone, everyone knows about the all white stuff at Wimbledon. You know, everyone has to right. wear mostly white. Sometimes they allow a little bit of color, but isn't that weird that it was like she probably had been doing all white all tournament, and for some reason decided to show up in all black the day of the final?
1: Uh, she she's getting enough press by by being in the final. Uh, you, you you don't need to do anything and, and change anything to get more press. I mean, your your name's on you know the front page of every newspaper and on the news and you know, the, the highlights of Wimbledon. and Or
0: not even, not even pressed. Don't you not change anything like out of a superstition? Well, that's
1: what I'm saying. Why, why change? You know, why, you know, why go and do something different that's been, you know, that something's been working for. And, you know, I mean, I hate to go into stuff that happened when I was playing, but Christ, I, if I didn't take the same route to Wimbledon and, and there was an accident or something, I had to go back and start over.
0: <laughs> really?
1: Yeah. You have, you got to get into a flow that was taking it to, you know, to pretty far extremes, but it's crazy, you know, to upset a routine, uh, to, uh, to try to do something different. But, uh, you know, I'm, I'm old school, brother. Mm-hmm. And I found out early, if you don't conform by the rules of Wimbledon, you know, they, they got a big boot.
0: <laughs> right.
1: That, that's going to hit you right in the ass.
0: Right. That's one thing you notice when you're walking around Wimbledon is as much as I like it and it's fun and everything. One of their first, one of their favorite words around there is, no, no, exactly. <laughs> yeah. No, you can't go here. No, you can't do that. No, you can't say this. No, you can't wear that.
1: Right. If you don't have everything right down to the, you know, to the nitty gritty, then, you know, for me, it was always a, a, a tough couple of weeks
0: mm-hmm. for
1: Borg, probably his best two weeks. You know, because, you know, none, none of that affected him. Right. Different attitudes, you know, fit different places to play. And and, and and his attitude really fit Wimbledon. It's like Federer. And in turn, they take him to heart, mm-hmm. you know, and, and, you know, always on the center court, never in the field, never playing on court two, you know, so... I mean, it's uh, you know, but you know, what the hell? I mean, you know, mm-hmm. I, I had that at the U S open. I, you know, I, I don't think since 1978, I, I maybe played one match outside of the center court. Yeah. You know, so it, it just depends on, on what your flow is. And listen, I, 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 mean, I, won it twice and I was in the finals four times, you know, I'm, I'm good. I'm good, yeah. I'm good with that. Right. I, I look back at that and almost say, Whoo! Huh. not too bad. Yeah, move on. Right,
0: right. Yeah, move on. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think you're right. I, but it is a bummer because they talked about it. There was a tweet someone put out that, you know, uh, I think Chrissy lost her first three finals. I think Martina might even have lost her first three finals. Uh, Kleister's was there, I think, in the locker room consoling owns afterwards. They said they like cried together, and and Kleister's famously lost her first four Grand Slam finals before she, you know, got on track and won her few. But, you know, you want to capitalize, you know, like it, there's only so many of these chances and, and as deep as the field is on the women's side and Iga and Sabi and Rybakina and, you know, all these great players, you know, you want to try and capitalize when you get there, right?
1: Well, I want to say one thing, you know, is great. Uh, the names that you mentioned, you know, Everett and Navratilova and Cloisters you know, losing. I wouldn't want to be a member of that group. You, you want to get out there and, and, and strike and take the pressure off, you know, she, she's in that group now, which, you know, where there was some, some of the greatest names, you know, that, that ever played, you know, women's tennis.
0: Yeah. It's okay but, to be in that group. If she turns it around and has a career like one of those women did.
1: What What are you reading my mind now? Your <laughs> <question>? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. If they, if she turns it around and, and has a career like they have, then, you know, it's, it's all been worthwhile. And, and, and I'm going to say it again. I'm rooting for her. There's something about her. She was on. I always stopped to look. I always stopped to watch and and you know to see you know what what she was doing, how she was playing, her results, what you know her thoughts and mm-hmm. what, you know what she was thinking. I don't know. I've said it enough. Uh, you okay. know, I'm, I'm, I'm rooting for her. I hope she comes through and and does it. But on the other side,
0: yeah, on the
1: men's side.
0: Okay, talk to me.
1: You know, I pick center.
0: Right, I know. We 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 got a sh- some shit. A couple of people on Twitter were like, uh, "Nice picks well, on this podcast." <laughs> it's okay.
1: Never profess to be a great gambler. I just profess to be a decent tennis player.
0: Yeah, you are just you're <laughs> just, you're not a great gambler. You're just a gambler.
1: Yeah, just a gambler. Right, you're right. Anybody says they're a great gambler, you can come on over to my house. Right. <laughs> shit. And Sinner had a chance. You know, he had a chance to win a set. I mean, yeah, know, he came and, in
0: playing good. It just, I mean, Djokovic was kind of in that lockdown mode, right? Like he was just not yep. missing, and and it's tough to to break through that wall.
1: Right. But on the other hand, whenever you get number one and number two in the in a final, the tournament's got to be you know just jizzing. Right. And loving it, and feeling that wow, we made a the good choice back in the old days. If you were number four in the world and you got your all your points from clay, they'd, they'd seed you number twelve. <laughs>
0: you right? Know? Yeah, because they make their own seedings. They can make their own seeds, yeah. uh, unlike the other tournaments that have to follow the rankings.
1: Get, getting Alcaraz and Djokovic in the final, it, it, it was a final from a major. Right. I sporadically watched it. I was busy doing other things and and uh, you know running around and you know, but I did get to see a lot of it. And you know, Djokovic came out hot. And you kind of expected that because of the occasion. He's been there. He's won it, I don't know, what, six, seven times. Alcaraz first time, you know, being in a position like that at Wimbledon. So the start was very important, and and Djokovic jumped it. But he also had a chance to go up two sets to
0: love. Right.
1: He was up a break in the tiebreaker in the second set. And, you know, for him to make, two or three unforced
0: airs. Yeah, he had a set point. Yeah,
1: yeah on, on a set point.
0: Yeah, you're right. right. And he had been in kind of, you know, clamp mode with the tie breaks. I don't know, I think it was something like 14 or 15 in a row he had won. And like over some stretch, he had only made like one, uh, you know, unforced air, you know, something like that. And you're right, he had three of them because you know how I know we tied them together at work and we started off the next set with them. And, uh, you know, Courier broke it down on, on the telecast. And you're right. So it's like he's been playing flawless up to this point, and then the one match he kind of you know isn't flawless, it's against Carlos
1: right so what, what what happened to him then? you know he loses a set and then he comes out and loses the third set six one you know did did that second set take so much out of him? yeah, that he almost had to let that third set go? I know a guy who did that. <laughs>
0: I don't know. I don't know if he did though, because the remember at three one they played that this crazy classic game crazy, that they're going to talk yeah, about for the ages. Crazy long
1: game, right?
0: Almost twenty seven minute game at three one with Joker serving. So you know, you figure if if he's down the break, uh, you know he's down the break there. If he's going to give it away, he's not going to battle for twenty seven minutes. And he eventually gives up the break there, goes down two breaks. But I mean, thirty two points in that game which there was only 45 points or something in the first set, which Joker won. So only, you know, a a few more points in the set compared to that one game. What does something like that do losing a game like that? Because Joker was able to rebound. Like he gathered himself after going down two sets to one, losing a crazy game like that, came back out, wins the fourth. But what, what does a game like that do to like your confidence on both sides?
1: Playing a game like that, win or lose, you know, does something to your opponent on both sides. And I say that because they tried to go to a no ad system, you know, where it's three points all, and then the next point wins it. I don't want that. No, you know, I I want to get into a game just like that, where you know I can somehow try to wear my opponent down and get into his head a little bit, saying, you know, I'm not going away. I'm always going to be in there grinding, no matter what. You know, for both of those guys to stay in there, that that to me just showed what it means to both of them to be able to go out and to do that for Alcaraz to come out of that and then, you know, close out that set like that, but also for Djokovic and we all know Djokovic, you know, is a, a well-conditioned athlete and, you know, and, and has been there before and, and he's got all the experience I and mean, he's been there, done that. And, you know, it, you know, has got a badge to show it. The reason I say that is because you never count a guy like that out ever. Mm-hmm. Just say, well, that's just too much for me. Just, I just can't do it. It's too much for me. When times come in like that, that's where a guy uh, like Joker is is more dangerous, you know. And he showed it in the fourth set. Right. Listen, the pressure on a guy like that now, with with Federer gone and Nadal hurt, not playing this year, and the pressure on him to continue.
0: He's going for the Grand Slam.
1: Right. There you go.
0: I mean, he had a chance where, I mean, we were two sets all. And then he has that shot. You know, the shot. This match had a lot of moments that I think we're going to look back on besides the match in general. You know, this is kind of a mm-hmm. maybe changing of the guard a little bit moment where Carlos, the next-gen guy, is battling the guy who's got 23 grand slams. And But, you know, Joker had that shot, that kind of in-between overhead swing volley shot that almost looked like it might be 50-50 out. It might have gone out. But you know he decides to play it. He doesn't do the overhead. He kind of switches his grip mid, you know, mid decision, and dumps it in the net. And right. you kind of almost see on Carlos's face that like you know he sees Djokovic is you know he's he's probably expecting him to make it. Djokovic misses, and it almost shows gives Carlos hope that this guy is mortal. You know he does miss, and you know maybe I had a chance to win this.
1: I'm not disagreeing. You know, like I said, one shot can change everything. Yep. Um, might be in the second set third set or fifth set but here here's the thought that's in my mind as I'm watching alcaraz and the maturity that he has at a very young age what are those guys thinking all those younger guys now like Zarev and tsitsipas and guys like that yeah you know, what what are they thinking now now you got this this new Okay. Phenom. Let's use that word. You got this new phenom coming up that that's beating the number one or two player in the world. And they haven't been able to do that. He's 20 years old. Have they missed their chance? I mean, has it bypassed them already? You know, hopefully maybe one day we can get you know, somebody like that on our podcast. And I'd ask them that. Yeah. You're 27, 28 years old. You got this new 20, 21, 22 year old kid coming up. Are your days done? Nobody was afraid to ask me that. (laughs) Right. You got this new 19 year old kid coming up. Are you, are you finished?
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Right.
1: But, but but I mean, but it's a legitimate question, Brett.
0: Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I mean, guys like Zverev, you're, you're definitely, I mean, he was, it's one point he was supposed to be the next guy who was going to be number one for five years and, you know, he's had injuries and whatever has happened. And now you're right. He's in his mid twenties and now Carlos is five or six years younger than him. And if he's going to right. become dominant, you know, he's going to start getting greedy with all these titles and all these grand slams. I mean, I don't think they've missed their chance. They're, they're still young. They're going to be take, they're going to take swings for the next five or 10 years or whatever it is. Just, it depends if they're going to make contact or not.
1: Mm-hmm. Exactly. You know, but then you think about, you know, that, uh, if they're 27, 28 years old, then all of a sudden they're thinking, you know, well, shit, I've had a, I've had a pretty good career. I made a lot of money. I only won four tournaments, but, you know, I I made a fortune, so I'm good. Yeah. You know, that, that's the difference of today,
0: right? There's so much money that that mentality can, you know, makes people more content at a time that in the past people wouldn't have been.
1: Exactly. You know, exactly.
0: What do you think about that? Since I think this, this age gap was the biggest since you and Rosewall in 74. And then uh, mm-hmm. someone put out a tweet, I think, Brad Gilbert said, like at when Joker was down two sets to one, that nobody's come back from two sets to one in a Wimbledon final since you did against Mac, And he still hasn't because he wasn't able to. Just talk to me about that, kind of since you know a little bit about, you know, the changing of the guard moments or where, you know, you're a young guy coming up and, and you're playing the guy who's been there and has a ton of titles. What's that like?
1: You know, I, I came up with a group of guys, so Brad, or I, I came up with, you know, 10, 12 guys that you know, eventually all were in the top ten of the world. You know, when we came in, you know, we we had a mission. <laughs> it wasn't a discussed thing, but but our our mission was that hey, you know, we we've got a good group here. You know, let's take over. Right. Listen, everybody has their time. You know, I had my time. Roswell had his time. Gonzalez has his time. Segura had his time. Budge had his time. Go back to how far you want to go. And now you see Federer and Nadal and Joker with the, you know, the three of them, how, how they've controlled and ruled tennis for the last, what, 15, 16, 18, yeah. 87 years, whatever, <laughs> you know, but, but, you know, everybody has their time. You know, that's why, you know, I always say come, these young guys need to come up and start taking control. And running the game because you know they're the future of the game. And who are they gonna look up to? Are they gonna look up to Joker? Somebody put up a picture, I saw it on Twitter, Djokovic when he was 40 or 50 years old, and he's still out there making a speech on center court at Wimbledon. It was beautiful, it was great. <laughs> and and I loved it because, you know, what are you gonna do? Let him play till he's 50? Right. You know, believe me, if that if that was me, if I was in his place right now, I'd say, you know, play me until you kill me. <laughs> because because there's only one guy that's that's doing it right you know to him right now and and, uh, and that's alcaraz
0: yeah. And I, th- and I think you can see as much as it, not that it, I mean, obviously it pains Joker to lose, you know, and he, and he even said in his speech, you know, I thought, I thought I still had some time, maybe not on hard court and, and clay, but on grass, you know, cause he's so good on grass, you know, but even but what though.
1: what difference does it make? It's all the same bounce.
0: <laughs> right, right, right. You,
1: you, know, I, you know, I hate to keep bringing that up, but you know, the, the grass or the clay, the clay might be a little yeah. slower, but. The hard courts are, are down in, uh, in Australia. It's all the same. Right. It's the same ball. I think it's the same ball. I mean, the same much. ball with the same bounce. You know, it, it might be a little different in movement, probably the only thing. Listen, brother, I played with some of the balls that they play with. You know, I got a dead arm anyway. You know, I got a torn rotator cuff and I've been beat to shit, you know, for, <laughs> you know, for the last 40 years. If I played with those balls, I, I don't know how they do it. Yeah. I really don't. Scott, is it the racket? Is it the string? Are they that strong? I don't know. I mean, I, you know, I wish somebody would call in and tell a next time we should have an open line when we're together right? and have an open line and say, explain this to me.
0: Yeah. We need to get one of the, one of the current modern players on and have him talk to him, ask him a bunch of questions like about that stuff, equipment and, yeah. and, you know, surfaces and everything. But, you know, about Djokovic, when he's talking, you know, about that stuff, it, you can tell that he's, it kills him to lose the match, but in a way, if he's going to lose, it wants it to be against a kid like Alcaraz. You know what I mean? He wants it to be well, against a guy who's going to come and try and take it.
1: Well, he's number one anyway.
0: Yeah, yeah, but you know what I mean? They have never yeah. played in a Grand Slam final, and, and Alcaraz has his in the U.S. Open when Joker was left out. There's no, there's none of that now. There's no bullshit asterisk. There's none of that. They played, it was one versus right. two. It was in a final, the Grand right. Slam, you know, all that stuff. And so right. I think, you know, if you are one of those guys who, you know, you have the crown, they're coming for you, you respect a guy like Alcaraz. you know, you, you're yeah. not the other guys that you're, you're talking about asking about kind of were content to wait until all these guys retired and then they'd be 26, 27, 28. And right. then, okay, now, now we start, now we start winning our slams. So, yeah. you know, I just think no. it's, it's a, it's a big match that we're going to look back on in, in history of tennis and, and talk about for a long time. And, and it was a, it was a lot of fun to watch. Yeah,
1: it was. I saw enough of it, uh, you know, to really get the feel for it, you know, the emotions and and the passion. And I was trying to put myself into each of their positions and what they were thinking and what they needed to do and what the next move would be. I was playing my, myself in chess or backgammon, <laughs> mm-hmm. you, you know, and, and, and trying to feel what would I do if I was Djokovic or or in this position or Alcaraz in that position and, and, and what I would do. It was fun to kind of sit back and, you know, for me and not to have any pressure because my pressure has been gone for 35, 40 years, whatever, and to to try to get that feeling Yeah. You know, because the, the people don't get what that feeling is, Brett. You do because you were around me. And, and felt it and and knew what it was like, but people don't understand what that feeling, there's not a feeling like it in the world, mm-hmm. you know, that that's why when you leave it, you know, it, it's such a hard swallow Yeah, to leave that behind because it's something that, that you'll never be able to get again, Yeah, you know, no matter what you do in business right. or whatever, you know, you'll never get that.
0: Remember, Tyson talked about that with us. Yeah. He's like, that fucking feeling. (laughs) When we're like, what do you miss the most? He's like, that fucking feeling, you know. It's just like you can't describe it, you
1: know. You can't. It's undescribable, You know, to be in a position, you got 25 or whatever amount of people right there, and you got hundreds of millions more on TV watching your every move. That's why boxing, that's why golf, that's why tennis are so special because it's only you
0: yeah UFC. it's
1: only you that that camera is on you and you can't hide you can run but you can't hide yeah and you and you got to take it all yeah you know the good the bad and the ugly of it all and and that's you know that's what drew me to it going back to your grandpa you know my grandpa your great grandpa you know who was a boxer and you know he told me he and I remember him telling me what I was training, he says, what you're about to experience is a once in a lifetime thing. He says, if you treat it the right way, yeah. I'll never forget him telling that. I was jumping rope, you know, and he was always trying to get me to miss because if I missed, I'd have to start over. <laughs> I'd be at, you know, whatever amount of minutes and I'd miss. He says, one second, <laughs> get going, <laughs> yeah, you know, and he would tell me that. And the feeling, you know, what it was like, yeah. you know, and he always compared tennis to boxing. He says, you know, I got hit, he says, but when you get hit, all that does is wake you up. Yeah. Now you're in it. Now you feel it. You know, that he hit me with his best and it didn't hurt so bad. Right. And he says, guys are going to be kicking your ass. He says, but it ain't going to be so bad. And he says because there's always a way out.
0: Right. There's no I in team, but there is one in Indeed, and that's the hiring platform you need to build yours. When you're hiring, you need Indeed. Instead of spending hours on multiple job sites searching for candidates with the right skills, Indeed's a powerful hiring platform that can help you do all of it. We streamline hiring with powerful tools that find you match candidates. Indeed is the hiring platform where you can attract, interview, and hire all in one place. With Instant Match, over 80% of employers get quality candidates whose resume on Indeed matches their job description the moment they sponsor a job, according to Indeed Data US. What I love about Indeed is it's a one-stop shop. Everything's there for me, and it gives me options. You put a post out on your local newspaper or on the website. Maybe you get one or two bites on Indeed. Lots of people, lots of options, lots to choose from. I like options. It's one of my favorite words in the English language. So start hiring now with a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at indeed.com/connors. This offer is only good for a limited time. Claim your $75 credit now at indeed.com/connors. Just go to indeed.com/connors and support our show by saying you heard it here on our podcast Advantage connors. indeed.com/ connors. Terms and conditions apply. Do you need to hire? Well, then you need indeed. I'm Alex Rodriguez. Let's get into some listener questions. How about that? Okay. We got 295 questions, comments, topics on uh, the final Wimbledon. So let's get into some of those and uh, we can rally off a bunch of them and see what we got. Jess Olavaria, probably butchered that, but Jess, did you have to deal with hostile crowds that seemingly always favored your opponent? Djokovic, wasn't it kind of crazy? I mean, I know the British crowd almost kind of always roots for the underdog or they always are kind of rooting for more tennis, whatever it is. They're just rooting for more tennis because they want to, you know, they don't want the day to end. But wasn't it a little crazy to see that the guy who's got 23 grand slams, the most all time, that might go down in history is the greatest of all time out there, and they're rooting for the other guy? When
1: I was first coming up, it was always a hostile crowd. I, you know, I kind of like that, and the reason being is, uh, you know, I always felt, you know, you you're for me or against me, but you're there. You know, and I said this before. I, I didn't want to play in front of 1,200 people in a gymnasium in Jacksonville, Florida. I wanted to play in front of 25,000 people and hundreds of millions of more on TV. Hostile for the first number of years, you know, they were towards me because I, you know, I was a different a different personality. I had a different attitude. I had a different approach to my game and the way I wanted to play it and what it meant to me. The tennis uh, elite weren't used to that kind of attitude. You know, I, I, I took it from the country clubs to the hopefully to the you know, to the blue collar worker. But
0: isn't it weird to see that like it, that Joker's at the end of his career? He's at the part where you think they'll love him.
1: Nah, I think I think it comes to a point where a lot of people think he's had enough. Really? Yeah, I, I do. To me, that's bullshit. Look at all the people that were on the Federer bandwagon and then the Nadal bandwagon and the greatest of all time, the greatest of all time. They're not even the greatest of all time in their own era. Right. What I'm saying is they think, well, you know, maybe maybe he's had enough and and uh, it's time for somebody else to come up. I look at it the other way. I said, kill it. I say, kill it. You know, stay out there and play until in, until somebody just comes up and, you know, beat your brains out. And because you've always got a chance to win.
0: Right. I feel like a lot of them are like, just like you almost said, fed in the doll fans. We're like a yeah, lot of those of people are probably of, of fans of, of one of the other two or even Murray. And you're right. They're almost like, uh, if it's not one of our two, then it's enough already. Like, let's we'd want the new kid move on to the next guy. Mm-hmm. So
1: I agree. I agree. You know, so uh, watching that match, I was torn. I was torn between who I wanted to win. I wanted the new face, you know, uh, somebody to finally come up and, and take over. And and that's what we got. But on the other hand, I didn't want to see a champion like Djokovic not have another chance to win a uh, or another great opportunity, which he did, to win another Wimbledon and a Grand Slam. I was torn. Yeah. To be it was with tough
0: it. too. I was the, kind of the same. Where I, had, I could easily root for either guy and it was, I was almost going, you know, back and forth throughout the match, so.
1: Yeah. But Wimbledon got lucky. They got what they wanted.
0: Yeah, they got real lucky. The ratings on it were really good, I think, so. They 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 got a great final. Yeah. All right. Another question. This one from Satwat Bogchi. Is Alcaraz the most complete player when compared at the same age to, you know, other players you've seen or the big three, or we could phrase it this way. You've always talked about, you know, the the next great player is going to be a hybrid quote unquote player, right. you know, somebody who can bang away from the back, but also knows how to play at the net and kind of has a, a, you know, a really high tennis IQ. I mean, is Alcaraz the most complete player you've ever seen at 20 years old?
1: Our friend of the show, Spencer Segura said, uh, said that when we had a conversation Uh, after the final we talked about that you know i think even on the show when he was there that he's the next hybrid and he is because he can he can play all games he can be aggressive he's got great defense he's not afraid to move forward he mixes his shots up he's not a stat man where he says well serve to his backhand and every time at 30 40 you know he comes up with something different he might serve in volley he might do something different yeah if, if kids are watching maybe even some of the the other guys out there playing, they should maybe study him a little bit and and see what it's taken for him to get to this position right now at 20 years old. Right. And maybe say, you know, what's he doing that I'm not? Why is he winning Wimbledon in the U.S. Open and I'm not? I mean, I I did. I, I used to watch others. And try to pick out and, and listen to Poncho or listen to my mom and you know what, what it would take for me. What what are they doing better than me? What do I need to improve on? What do I need to add? You know, to you know, so it's easy to go out and practice the shit that you're good at. Right. Th- that you know you can do. It's what you're not good at that, that's gonna make the difference in uh being a quarter finalist or a semifinalist or, or a winner. Right. That uh that's a hard thing to do.
0: Love it. All right. Here's this one. Chris Santos asked, Brett and Jimmy, the courts seemed really slippery all tournament long, which is true. Like every match you'd see the players slip. You know, they'd they'd be going one way. The person would go the other way behind them or something. And they would slip. Almost like the, they'd look like a giraffe on ice where they would like, you know, their legs would slip out to the side. Was the grass the same when you played? Was it always this slippery? Was it slippery only after it became, quote unquote, bruised <laughs> like we've talked We're about? Bruised. Or or is this because of the new type of grass? It has, uh, you know, Nico Pereira talked about it. It's just a single blade type of grass, you know, instead of what it used to be back when you guys played.
1: Yeah, I I can't answer that, Brett, because you know, to be honest with you, when they brought in that new grass and and all that, I I, I was so beat up that I if I would go out and play it on that grass and slipped, I'd have split myself in two, you know. So I I have not even hit on that grass, but I will say that if you look at that grass and and look at where the the wear and tear is, that should tell you everything. Yeah, you know that there's there's a lot of space you know, around the back of the court and especially inside the baseline and out to the sides that, that never gets used. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's going to be slippery, especially, you know, if there was a little drizzle and then, you know, they didn't get the roof closed in time, you know, so it's, it's going to make the grass, uh, you know, a little, little more slippery. But, yeah, you know, I, I haven't hit on that grass to know the difference if it's single blade, double blade, right. or it's even been cut. I just don't know.
0: Right. How about this one? Anthony Charles McCoth? Kind of talks about you like this like old school he's like Alcaraz is like a breath of fresh air there's almost like a 70s feel to his great his game stretch drop drop volleys topspin disguised lobs blistering ground strokes inside the service line you know he takes the ball early he doesn't wait back for the return he's a really good returner already you know he does a lot of these things really good already that you know fundamentally where like other times the players will get to, you know, a 20 year old, you know, off of their raw talent. And then they have to fill in some of the fundamentals. He seems to have right. both. Do you see a little like old school kind of tactics? And when you watch him and you're kind of like, all right, you know, the game has been missing this a little bit. What's his name? Uh, Anthony.
1: Tell, tell Anthony that, uh, you know, to get him on doing some commentary with you.
0: <laughs>
1: I think, I we'll think he's good at it. Yeah. And the reason being is he kind of long-winded the hybrid, right? Yep. You know, playing old school, a little bit of old school tennis with the modern-day power and and, aggra- and aggressiveness, but understanding, you know, what what it means to hit a slice, you know. And, and you know, Joker does that too. Federer did that too. Nadal did that too. How come the other guys don't do it? Right. You know, why, why is this young kid, 20 years old, you know, all of a sudden coming up and, and seeing the value in that? and what that means and, and, and what it does, you know, uh, to an opponent and, and how an opponent has to, you know, to, to change tactics, to deal with that. Yeah. Uh, Anthony, a uh, very, very good question. Very knowledgeable. And, and, you know, to be able to look at and see that because, you know, it, it's almost with, you know, this new generation and the way the game is played, it's almost like tennis up until this point is a forgotten entity. And and eventually you know court sense and understanding angles and the deep shots and you know what it takes to get your opponent off guard and to get him stretching and all that kind of stuff is going to come back into it instead of just beating the ball to death right I think that's what he's come up with yeah whoever is handling him, I saw him in the stands I can't remember his name is it is it uh Ferrero oh uh, Ferrero yeah yeah well shit yeah that that guy was a player himself
0: oh yeah, really good player
1: that should tell you a lot right there.
0: I think you're right. he's got he's got a great team around him, and you brought it up. The, the slice backhand that he's got he talked he ran into Martina Navratilova friend of the podcast co-worker with me at tennis channel shout out Martina and uh, hey Martina <laughs> saw her somewhere in the back you know or in the near the locker room in the lounge area and they were talking and Martina mentioned to him kind of like giving him some you know advice friendly advice going like hey you know uh, you know mix in some more slice you know your slice backhand kind of mix it in more and right. then and then afterwards, you know, he won. He came to our set and he he said that he listened to Martina. He went to her afterwards and and uh, when he had the trophy walking around and, and tapped her on the shoulder and said, hey, you know, thank you. I, I listened to you. <laughs> well, and, you know, and then there he ends up winning. Let
1: me just give a shout out to Alcaraz for listening to probably the greatest woman player ever to play the game.
0: Yeah. I Especially mean, if at if, Wimbledon. If
1: she, <laughs> yeah, Wimbledon. Right. Uh, you know, she doesn't know how to win on grass. Nobody nope. died. I I, I'm trying to think it is either nine or 10 that you won. Yeah. Nine, I think. Nine. Yeah, you know? yeah. And
0: then like a bunch more doubles, mixed doubles, you know, tons of other right. stuff.
1: When somebody like that says something to you, if, if you don't listen, it's your fault.
0: Right. All right. Here we go. This is a fun one. You know, doesn't matter if we're wrong. This is just for fun. Now that the world is about grand slams. And when you came up, it wasn't so much Grand Slam. It was more week in and week out or, 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 you know, different matches back then. But because they've, you know, geared the calendar to make it so everyone can play, a lot of the talk is about Grand Slams. Let's just have a fun game. Djokovic sits at 23 Grand Slams, the leader in the clubhouse, at least for now. How many does Carlos end up with when he's done?
1: Uh, let's see. Uh, hmm. Only 20 years old. He's twenty. Let, let's say let's say he plays until he's thirty three. So he's got thirteen years.
0: So that's like being like good. He could easily play more. He could easily play less. You know, hopefully. Yeah.
1: Let, let let's say he plays twelve more years. Yeah. Let's just say 12, twelve more years. That's forty eight that, more slams. Forty eight more slams. I say, and 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 I got to say this because if if he doesn't get too full of himself and he doesn't think that he never has to go out and work hard. And he thinks it's going to come easy. If he doesn't think it's going to come easy and continues what he's doing now, and, and it looks like he does because he has that passion and that smile and that that uh, that excitement and that feel for, for what he's doing and, and the love of what he's doing. I, I say he gets to 15. 15? Yeah. Okay. I, I say that because um, not that the guys out, out in front of him, that are a little older, are not going to beat him. But there's going to be some young kids coming up now, you know, that see him. Mm-hmm. You know, there are 16, 17, 17, 18, that see him and say, if he can do it, I can do it. And, and if he's working like this, I'm working like that. You know, but they're all going to find their own way. But I, I think he's going to start setting the precedent now, you know, for the youth.
0: Oh, yeah.
1: Uh, it all depends what comes up behind him. Because he knows what's in front of him,
0: right? That's the big thing, and
1: and I don't think he's afraid of that.
0: No, I mean, you figure the guys around him, like we've talked in the past, like Sinner, Runa. You know, those two guys seem to be the kind of the guys right around his age that'll be his his main rivals. But the guys ahead of him, yeah, you feel like he's he's the favorite over most of them, and then uh, it's going to be some youngster coming up who might come up and and give him the most trouble. But I'm going to say a little more. He's already got two. So 15 seems I said,
1: what did I say? I said 12 more, right? You
0: said 15. So you said 13 uh, yeah. more. I'm going to say, the. O- I'm going to put the over and under at 19 and a half. God uh, damn. <laughs> huh? Huh. I think he's going to play more than 12 more years, but health also is a big, is a big thing. Well, you know? that's right. He, he I missed the, he missed the Australian open, you know, he's kind of missed a couple, you know, he's been hurt comes and goes a little bit, but you know, he's been pretty good. The, the, you know, this second half of this first part of the year. Yeah. I'll say 19 and a half, just because you know how it is in two years, you turn around, you might have five or six, you know, or whatever yeah, it is, right. you know, you yeah, can get two exactly. two a year or two or three in one year. and, you know, we'll see what happens. The U.S. Open. I'd love to see both of them. You know, meet again in the final. It'd be fun. It's going to be. You know, I think there's going to be a few more contenders since we go to hard court. You'll have Medvedev. You know, you have some guys but like I, that.
1: But but I, I think I think that's the new good rivalry. Yeah. W- between the two of them. I, and, and if if Joker uh, still feels like he's he wants to put in uh, the time and the effort and everything that he has put in up to this point, I think for the next couple of years, if he plays that long, and I hope he does. I think that's the next rivalry. Those two. Yeah. And and, and uh, that that will be fun to watch. That'll be fun.
0: Yeah. What do you what do you think about that? Because, I mean, you were somebody who never lacked with motivation or needed extra motivation. But Djokovic has 23 slams now. You know, he has the most. He kind of has the argument almost every which way to, to the greatest, you know, over Nadal and Fed. They, You know, he has them in Masters, I think, 1000 titles and stuff like that. How would you, what would you look at for him to try and motivate yourself? It, would you use Alcaraz? Because you kind of have all the records, you know, you, you know, you're the shit and you've got, you've done it all. you done a million times, you know, what would make you get up after a loss like that? Is it, Hey man, let me, I'm going to come back and, and show this kid at the U S open that I'm, you know, I'm going to beat him. I
1: don't have to say anything. You just said it. <laughs> yeah. Fight, okay. fight off the youth and, and, you know, beating guys that are 15, 16, 17 years younger than you, <laughs> shit, you know, you walk off, I don't care how dead you are. You feel, you, I mean, it's euphoria. I don't hate to say it. I hate to say it like that. But but it just goes to show that your game, where your game is and and what you are, you know, and and what you're willing to give. You know, every time you walk out there, that your game is able to stand up to the new youth, that your attitude and your passion is is standing up to the same youth, to that youth who has that at a younger age. And everything that it, it took for Djokovic to get to where he is now, that's what Alcaraz is is striving for. You know, you look back and say, that kid's got exactly what I, what I did, what I had and what I was looking for. Can I still beat that? Right, that that's that's what you know that that I love to go out and and especially you know you know until I just got so beat up I couldn't play, you know to to try to my right. game and, and my reputation and everything like that on the line and go going through a career with a bullseye on your back is the ultimate praise you know to me right. you know guys would rather beat me than win the tournament, yeah, and and I think that's the way they feel about joker now since fetter is gone and the hurt and you know he feels that he's got that bullseye that you know win the tournament or not if they beat him it's been a success yeah you know that's why i tell you i was torn between the two because you know anybody who is willing at 30 whatever he is 35 36 36,
0: 36
1: you know willing to continue after 16, 18, whatever amount of years he's been in it to, to give all of that. I mean, how can you not look, you know, look at that guy and say, "Who, my son of a, right. Know, that That's amazing.
0: Yeah. How can you not love him a little bit? I know people have their issues with him, but man, he's fun to watch and you know, for as long as he's done it and the way he's done it. And I don't know, it's just like, it's a treat. I, I
1: talk like that, Brett, because, you know, and, and I hate to say me, Cause I don't like I don't cause I'm done. i'm I'm you know over, but but I, I can identify with that because that was me, you know, to do that because when you love something that much, you know and you and and you're willing to 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 lay it all on the line every time you walk out there. ah damn, you know what you know what more can you ask of an athlete right? yeah you, you know any athlete right uh, you know at, at at any age, but especially. You know when you've been through, you know the the battles that uh, somebody like that has been through. You know one on one, you know hours and hours and hours and all that. So but that's why I tell you I was torn. Yep. That, uh, that's why that's why it was a you know it was a pretty great match.
0: Yeah. I mean, it was a pleasure. I, I got, I actually got paid to watch that match. I was working it, but I would have uh, worked it for free. Don't tell anyone. Um, nope, didn't hear
1: that.
0: <laughs> but that's one of those matches that, you know, I think we'll look back and talk about for a long time. And uh, it was a pleasure to watch and, you know, I hope we get to see him play more, but uh, I'm going to wrap here uh, in a few minutes, just a couple other little stories before we go.
1: Before you get into anything else, I, I want to say that my my best friend, uh, one of my best friends of uh, in the world, is David Schneider, and we've talked about him many times on, on our podcast. He and his wife Jill are—they uh, were in a wedding up in San Francisco, and they're they're driving. They're driving down through Santa Barbara, so we're going to meet them for dinner, and and then they go on down to Newport Beach for another wedding. So nice. I want to get to get to see them. They, you know, I I go down to Florida all the time. They're finally coming to Montecito, so it's going nice. to be a <laughs> it's going to be a fun night. I'm looking forward to seeing them. I'm, I'm sorry to interrupt. No, that. no. What's the next story? I, I know what you're going to talk about. First time
0: they've been out here since uh, since Aubrey's wedding, almost four years. That's right, Aubrey's
1: wedding. That's right, which is uh, four by four years ago. Where are you guys exactly. going to dinner? I don't. I don't know. I want to see. Maybe uh, I want to shout out to Lucky's. We might go to Lucky's, and uh, it's a it's a, a good steak. hang, a good steakhouse, and and uh, we, we might uh, might go there, and and uh, but we're. I'm looking forward to it. Just a nice. I haven't seen him for a while. It'd be a good hang.
0: Nice. Tell him hello, and uh, tell him we need to get him on the pod someday. I'll, I won't keep you too much longer. Just a few fun stories. Uh, one story. Did you see Leo Borg? Our guy Bjorn's ah, son got his I did first
1: see, I did see that first main uh, tour did.
0: win in Bastad yesterday, beat uh, Elias Emer, uh in the first round, uh, which was pretty cool, a straight setter too. Uh, so shout out to wow. Leo.
1: I want to shout out to Leo, but I'm also going to shout out to to my buddy Bjorn and and tell him that I you know uh, you know I, I understand the feeling of him sitting there and waiting for that phone call or watching in person. I'm sure he was a nervous wreck.
0: Yeah, you know, I bet.
1: So. You know, a shout, a shout out to him and, uh, and good coaching.
0: Yep, <laughs> so. and good to do it in front of the, the home country audience. Yeah. The, the crowd was, was going going kind of crazy for him. It was cool. A couple good movies coming I don't know if they're good, oh. but a couple big hyped movies coming out this week. Barbie, not sure if I'm going to see that one, but Oppenheimer the other one you know about the nuclear bomb kind of kind of a dark kind of kind of a, uh, a yin and a yang right you got barbie yeah, a freaking yeah, toy movie, and then, movie the
1: there, <laughs> and then a movie there is it
0: and then a movie about yeah uh, nuclear bombs but uh yeah those those might look interesting we might have to go see one of those next time i'm up and uh last story here this is the one i really want to talk about did you see this a man was Found at sea, a sailor, Australian sailor, Timothy Shattuck, 54, was found Mm -hmm. at sea on his damaged catamaran with his dog, his canine companion, Bella. And if you know anything about the show, our mascot here is Isabella, the mini golden doodle, who's sitting right Right. underneath my feet as I record this very podcast. They were something like 1,200 miles off the coast. They were found by a tuna boat. You know, boats right. that go out and troll for, for the big tunas, and uh, they found them. They said they, they survived on rainwater and raw fish, and uh, he said the only thing that kept him kind of sane was Bella, hanging there. He, had, he she was a stray that he found in Mexico when he was traveling across Mexico. He tried to get rid of her, get find her homes three times. She always kept coming with them, and uh, yeah. What you th- what you think about that?
1: I I thought that was an amazing story, and and. Uh, I saw that, you know, they survived on uh, raw fish and rainwater. And, you know, I, I think uh, his days of sushi are about over. <laughs> right. It's uh, it was a crazy story. And, you know, glad that uh, you know everything worked out OK. But how about having a companion like Bella, you know, mm-hmm. uh, to to get you through that, to keep you sane? Right. You know, how many boats went by that were out, out of their reach or, or didn't come close enough to see them? And, mm-hmm. you know, the disappointment and and uh, you know, dodging the weather, dodging the waves, dodging the heat, dodging—you know, there's yeah. so many things. Dodging. Pr- what, what else is out there? You don't know what's out there. Sharks and is everything. But my God, Almighty! What a <laughs> what an experience! And and then he still says, Brett, that that he still loves the water. He said he just <laughs> may not go out so far. <laughs>
0: How about, okay, okay. how about praying for rain? Cause you need rain water, but you don't want the, the storm to be too big because it might flip over your damaged catamaran. So it's like right. you're getting kind of greedy yeah. with your prayers there.
1: Right. I, I, I don't know. It's an amazing story. And and you know, you you look back, there's so many disasters that happen like that. It's good to see a story that, uh, you know, that warms your heart and that everybody turned out. Okay. And, uh, yeah, there's, there's some, some days just uh, bring a smile to your face. And, and, uh, that brought a smile on my face today.
0: Nice. That sounds good. Let's, um, check the odds real quick. This is going to come out early Friday morning. Let's check Why, the Brit- is there a golf tournament coming up. There's a, there's a small golf tournament coming up. I can't believe I didn't think this. I said it in the freaking open. I got to come back to it. <laughs> <laughs> British. We got too involved in other things. I know we got too deep British open coming up. This weekend, what do you think? Rory McIlroy wins the Scottish Open again, a lead-up tournament that has proven good for him in the past, and then not good. I think as uh, as he's won it and then not won the next week. It's tough to win two weeks in a row. But what do you think? Like we can look at some of well, the odds here.
1: First of all, uh, you know we we've been reprimanded over here. It, it's not the British. It's. The
0: championships. Oh, yes, yeah, It's just the open.
1: It's just, oh, yes. It's the open. I'm sorry. Wimbledon <laughs> is the championship. <laughs> yeah, right, <God>. right. <laughs> Come on. Get it i right, more it in right. the golf now anyway. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, uh, McElroy has certainly been playing great. And, and, you know, especially with winning last week. But he had hit, uh, you know, two, mir- you know, some miraculous shots on the last two holes to beat uh, McIntyre and and I like McIntyre. He's a lefty and yeah. he's, uh, I mean, he's, he's a player. He had
0: some good shots coming down the stretch too.
1: Yeah. It was amazing. He was the leader in the clubhouse until, you know, until Rory birdied the last two holes, but you know, the, the British is different, you know, it's, you know, it depends on the wind depends on the weather. A lot of things can happen. And you, you look at guys who, you know, who can you play in that weather and, and uh, who is that? Mm-hmm. Uh, McIntyre is one of them.
0: A lot of Cantley, I feel like, would be all right.
1: What's What's the guy who won last year? Uh, geez, he's a good player. I, um,
0: Cameron, Cameron Smith, Cameron Smith.
1: Yeah, Cameron Smith, right? And and uh, you know, there, there's guys that that know how to play that. And, you know, they hit the ball low and and keep it in and, and play the 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 low shots and the the spinners and and then when to hit it high and and how to play how to keep it in the fairway. And it, it, it's going to be fun to watch. And, and you know, to you know, for me, you know, your your mommy hates me because you know, at uh, six <laughs> o'clock in the morning, I want to have the TV on. Yeah, you're and up so, anyway. You know, yeah, you know, watching it and, and doing I'll be it
0: at work. So I'll, I'll be flipping it on, uh, on my way to work on the old phone. Yep. Cameron Smith, 20 to one to go back to back. I saw a quote that he had to give the, what is it the, called the claret jug or whatever the jug is. Right. Yep. He, he was bummed as all of his buddies were bummed. He had to give it back. And he said, don't worry, mates. It's only for a week.
1: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so I he's like going to try and I get like it back. Attitude. That's fun. So before we go, Bretter, I, I want to say this: It's your godfather's uh, birthday today. It's Ilie Nastasi's birthday, and let's see. I want to be 71, so he's got to be 77. Yeah, he's six years older than me, and and you know I, I talk to him about once a month now. I call him and uh, just uh, try to catch up, and our conversations last about 45 seconds, and just to see how he is. But <laughs> I, I, I want to I want to give a a shout out to him on happy birthday, and and uh, I, I miss him and. And uh, remember all the, the great times that we had. He took me under his wing when, when I was first coming up. I don't, I don't know if it was a good wing or not.
0: Uh-huh. It, it, it was, was a fun wing.
1: It was beyond fun. <laughs> it, it certainly was. So happy birthday to him. And
0: uh, well, give me your winner. Who Give me a winner. McElroy. I'll just go over a couple of the odds. McElroy, seven and a half. Sheffler, seven and a half. They're the top. Then you get Rom, 14. Kepka 18, 19 to one. Not bad. He's a big, big slam mm-hmm. player. Cameron Smith, 20. Fowler, well, Hovland, like, Fleetwood, whoop. all about 22 to one.
1: I like Fleetwood. Yeah. I've I've always liked him. I think I think he's about due. I'd love to see him, you know, step up and win. I mean, he I love his swing. He's got a good attitude and, and, uh, I hope he comes through and does something good, but I also like Cameron Smith. I also like him. Yeah.
0: Shane Lowry. I feel like he, he's I, I a British like kind of guy.
1: He's, he's a, he's a win player. Yeah, he is. Yeah. Cameron
0: I, Young. I feel like he's eventually going to do something. I don't know about here, but he's pretty solid. Max Homa, 60 to one Finau 60. I don't know if these wow. these these set up as much for Finau, but we'll see Wyndham Clark. Can he go back to back 60 to one? Wow. Um, Crazy. Yeah, That's some uh, big
1: odds. That's some yeah, big odds.
0: Yeah, yeah. It'll be fun. It's, uh, you know, it's one of those things where maybe you watch the first day a little bit, kind of get an idea who starts off well, and then maybe place a couple down. But, uh, yeah, it'll be fun. Uh, I'll, I'm going to let you go get dinner. I'm going to take Bella out. You got anything, any last words?
1: I got some last words. You can follow me at, uh, at Jimmy Connors on Twitter. You can follow Brett at Brett underscore Connors on oh, yeah. Twitter. You can follow us at Advantage Connors, A-D-V Connors. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a few other
0: places. Yeah, at uh, at Gold Dude Isabella on Instagram. You can follow Jimmy at his Facebook page. You know all this stuff. Uh, just wanted to say a shout out to our community, our listeners. You know, like the first couple of years we did this podcast, we were a little more sporadic with it. But the last year and a half or so, we've we've gotten into a weekly uh, cadence where we put it out, and uh, I feel like that's really helped us. You know, create a little bit more of a community i love the the feedback we get from you guys the notes the messages the, the pictures you send for the social media uh we love it anything else you can do keep it coming because we love we love doing it with you guys and, and it's a lot of fun so
1: i love it too and and uh you know keep us posted what's on your mind we uh, we love to you know talk about what you want to talk about uh, so keep us posted but Give the girls a kiss uh, uh, and uh, you take care of yourself. And I know you got a weekend off coming up here and get some rest and hope to see you soon. I love you.
0: I love you too. I'll come up there and we'll play a little golf when I get a couple days off and uh, we'll check in with everyone next week. Peace. Seeking the truth never gets old.